Hello and welcome to Good But Ugly. I'm your host, Kwe Shikutu of the Fund Your Future movement. Have you ever experienced buyer's remorse? Where you look back and maybe regret that purchase, like after trying it on, it didn't look like what it was advertised as? Sometimes you're lucky enough to exchange it for something better or return it and get your money back. For most millennials, buyer's remorse is this gap between what our expectations were about the degree we paid for compared to the reality of working in an industry completely different from our majors. I wonder if I would have made the same decision if there was a debt management counselor like myself that laid out how much this degree was going to cost, how much money I would have been offered, and what my repayment looked like with an entry-level job in my field. Today, it may be easy to answer, knowing what I know now, but 19 years ago, my thought process was completely different. With my limited research and resources, the advice I was given was law schools required bachelor degrees, and political science or criminal justice was the best pre-law major. Nowhere in that conversation was the cost of a bachelor's, a Juris Doctorate degree, the LSAT score needed to be accepted into law school, and job prospects for new lawyers in the public and private sector. After learning the hard way, I make it a priority to tell every future law student that one, your major doesn't matter to law school, so choose a major you're 100% selfishly interested in. Two, there are multiple ways to apply the law to benefit society. And lastly, if you plan on attending graduate school, your undergraduate degree should be free or for the super low low. The tricky part is, most students don't have a debt management counselor in their support circle. Financial aid help is only available if you're an accepted student and applies to only degree programs offered at that school. But what if there was a way to know the cost of a degree before committing to school? There is. However, only school financial aid counselors have the formula to plug in the right numbers from the right resources. Truth is, not only are self-doubts, college and, and FAFSA language barriers to college access, but in 2020, the Heckinger Report found that colleges are starting to confront a surprising reason students fail. Too many choices. They found that a lot of students, whether they were helicoptered or first generation, did not know how to college. While some colleges have made changes that help students apply for the courses that match their major and degree requirements, students are still left at a disadvantage on not only which courses or major to meet industry demand, but what's the real price tag colleges charge for 120 hours or a bachelor's degree? Now enter FAFSA as a litmus test for a college cost-benefit analysis. Yes, FAFSA give us a real-time estimate of aid awarded if we attend full-time and maintain a 2.0 GPA. But FAFSA also shows us the graduation and retention percentage of the colleges we list. Why are these statistics important? First, honestly ask yourself if you're willing to commit four to five years of your time and money to a college that has less than 50% of their students graduating. 
Or what does the data say about a low retention percentage of students continuing on as sophomores, juniors, and seniors? This is a telling sign of the support and success rate this college provides for its student body. This is often overlooked section of FAFSA holds valuable insight into what a student's academic experience will be like. My wholehearted advice to all students and parents completing the FAFSA is to pay attention to the college's graduation and retention rate before enrolling into that school. Obviously, the higher the percentage, the better supported students are. On the flip side, not every student falls into the graduation and retention statistic. For example, some students are better supported, like let's say their parents are college graduates, or if they've successfully taken college level courses in high school and are accustomed to college expectations. Another way FAFSA guides our college decision is the amount of free federal student aid offered in the Pell Grant and Work Study. Assuming students will be attending full-time, meaning enrolled in 12 to 15 credits or hours per week, and they earn a grade point average of 2.0 to avoid failing satisfactory academic progress, students now have an inside look into a few things. One, how much college they can afford. Two, how much borrowed debt is needed to pay for a degree. A third option is how much free scholarship aid is needed to cover the balance federal aid didn't. Opposite of a fairly quick turnaround processing time for student loans, scholarships require more preparation and time management, but the rewards are a hundred times better than any federal student aid program. Not only does that money not have to be repaid, but all excess funds goes into the student's pocket. The Trillion Dollar Student Loan Club is made up of members who chose the quick, easy route of student loans, like myself, rather than researching, writing, and submitting an essay to get unlimited free aid. Yes, it sounds annoying to have to write about yourself when that's all you're gonna be doing in college, but it's so worth it to get free money. For millennials, we didn't have Google and social media to search scholarship opportunities. One factor that affects financial literacy is time management. From personal experience, there are students who only learned of their parents' financial and citizenship status during senior year around college application time. Parents disclosed feeling insecure about their inability to save for or afford college, or delay in applying for a student citizenship to qualify for federal aid. I get it, sometimes life happens and we're busy surviving that planning and saving for college becomes out of sight and mind. While the national average student to counselor ratio is about 500 to one, in the sixth largest school district where I started consulting, that ratio was slightly higher where several senior classes well over 600 to 700 students had access to one college counselor. We should also be aware that all schools and counselors are not created equal, nor is technology leveraged to address communication blind spots. All right, let's bring it in. So far, we know students are faced with too many options and not enough guidance. We also know that FAFSA tells us one, the graduation and retention performance of a school, and two, an estimate of federal money available to cover tuition, fees, books, room and board, meal plan, etc., etc. 
Where does that leave us? With options. There are always options. For students with enough free federal aid to cover cost of attendance, awesome. For students with a deficit in aid, options include finding a cheaper route or delaying school enrollment until earning free scholarships to fully cover the cost of attendance. The trouble with the latter option is the pressure to attend school now because their friends or classmates are. Without financial planning, the odds of accumulating loan debt is extremely high. A cost-effective route to college may include a state or community college, or simply attending half-time, which is six credits or two courses. The benefits of relieving the financial burden allow students to have better focus on academics rather than operating in survival mode and possibly splitting their attention between academics and working. Another alternative is taking a semester off to apply to every scholarship available even if you've never bowled or played chess. A little known secret behind the scholarship scene is, if no one but you applied, even if you don't fully meet the requirements like GPA, you still get that award. True story. There was a son of church preachers who wanted to attend art school at about 20 grand a year. He was accepted, parents were happy, and told the son they couldn't afford tuition on their salaries. This determined student searched the art school website, found a scholarship, and applied. The scholarship department notified the student that no one has ever applied to that scholarship, and guess what? Tuition was not fully covered. There's something to say about a student's mindset, especially today's students. There are no limits, especially with Google, YouTube, and social media. As I close out this episode, I want the message to be clear that there are no no's when it comes to education and success. There may be a not yet or another way, but never a no. Part of the reason I transitioned from higher education administration to technology is because lack of innovation in the one institution that sells it. The technology industry gets it. They value skills over paper degrees. While some industries require licenses and certifications like accounting or electricians, a four-year degree does not guarantee your dream job. Before you're stuck with buyer's remorse and no option to return your expensive degree, do your research. Use the tools and resources at your disposal to make your college and career decisions. Thanks for spending time with me. Um, Up next, I want what we all want. Show me the money. (laughs) I'm excited to chat with a couple of bosses that turn their passion into profits. For college knowledge resources, please visit fundyourfuture.info. That's F-U-N-D-Y-O-U-R-F-U-T-U-R-E dot I-N-F-O.